This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible nurses from all over the world who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. Hi, everybody, and welcome. I am your host, Tanya Friedman, and we have an exciting show for you today. We have an expert panel that will be joining us today, and we're very excited to talk about our topic, medtechs, medical technologists coming to the United States. So we are very excited to get started today, um, and I am joined by our guests. Um, We are going to be joined by uh, Elissa Scotland. Hi, Elissa. Welcome. Good morning, everyone, or good evening. (laughs) Good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome, welcome. We are also joined by Paul. Welcome, Paul. Hello, good morning. Morning, Paul. Welcome. Good evening, however that may be. (laughs) Wherever everybody is in the world. Um, We are joined by Ali. Welcome, Ali. Hi, good day, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world right now. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, Ali. So we're going to get started on the show. I'm going to get started now, and um, we're going to start with some introductions. So, um, Elissa, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Certainly. Well, thanks for having me here today. I'm an international healthcare recruitment consultant, formerly um, a physician, and I've lived, worked, and studied on three continents, and I'm delighted to now be living my USA dream. Okay, well, we're excited to have you here, Alyssa. As a physician, I think you bring an interesting perspective, um, but I know that you've been working with allied healthcare workers for some time now, so a lot of pointers and tips that Alyssa is going to be able to share with everybody. Um, Paul, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Paul. I am a uh, I'm a licensed clinical laboratory scientist, medical technologist, uh, whichever you prefer. Um, I have been in the field since the early '90s. Um, I'm a bit different than uh, most uh, clinical laboratory scientists. My background is in IT. Uh, I, I do have experience in the lab on the bench, obviously, uh, but my my primary background is um, information technology. Okay, so an interesting background. Um, and Paul's going to give us his perspective from the, the employer's side. Um, and last but not least, Ali, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Ali? Thank you. Hi, good day, good evening, everybody. So I'm Ali Brian Aliari, and I'm a medical technologist here in New York, USA. Um, and I've been in the practice for seven years. Um, more or less seven years in the Philippines. And um, in that uh, span of years, I've been practicing as an academe and at the same time working in the hospital setup. So I would say that um, on my years of experience, I have both worlds of um, the academia and the actual practice. Okay, great, Ali. So we look forward to learning more about your journey of coming to the United States and seeing what that was like for you. So, Elissa, let's start off with you and just let's give a definition. Paul was talking about medical technologists, clinical lab Mm -hmm. scientists. I know there are lots of terms that can be bandied around, like histotechnologist, um, medical lab technician. When we speak about med techs, what are we actually speaking about? 
So these are all clinical laboratory professionals that prepare and analyse a variety of biological um, specimens. So the terms technologist and scientist and medical and clinical, these terms are interchangeable with um, each other. Um, so a technologist is, or a scientist, performs more complex tasks and tests and uh, laboratory procedures than a technician. And then you mentioned about um, a histotechnologist. Well, histo is to do with tissue. So someone working in histology um, deals with the thin slices of human tissue, whereas the other, what we would normally call med techs, deal with other um, bodily fluids and blood, urine and bodily products like this. So that's the main difference. Okay, well, thank you for clarifying that, that for us. So today's show is going to be specifically about medical med techs. Um, Ollie, did you always want to become a med tech? Tell us about that. Well, frankly speaking, or honestly speaking, I would say that being a medical technologist was not really my first of choice when I okay. was uh, planning <laughs> my future when I was still in high school. But I would say that um, there are no regrets as to my position as a medical technologist now here and actually practicing what I have learned in the school. I would say that I have learned to love my profession and I have embraced all its uh, difficulties and all its challenges. And I would say, uh, based on my years of experience as a medical technologist, I would say that um, I love the challenge. I love the adrenaline of the profession. The pressure is what keeps me energetic and enthusiastic every time I go to work. Okay, good. So the, the love evolved, Ali. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> But Paul, did you always want to become a med tech? Because it sounds like uh, you had a varied background as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I no, that was not my first choice. Um, uh, my first choice was uh, engineering, and I found that that didn't quite agree with me uh, in the long run. And um, I basically I, I fell into medical technology um, kind of as a, a secondary option, but. Uh, you know, uh, like Ollie, uh, over the years, this is, it has been very good to me. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm here with you guys talking about this. So, um, yeah, it has changed over the last 25 years. Uh, it's, it's become very interesting. Um, uh, and we can get more into that uh, later. But, uh, yeah, I, I would agree. It was not my first choice, but it was a good choice. Um, it, it was the choice that was that I was meant for. Uh, we don't always know what's best for us. And uh, sometimes the best comes for us. Sometimes it's a little bit of a zigzag. It's right. you, you kind of move in one direction and in another. Even Alyssa is nodding her head there, being a physician mm -hmm. and now working as in allied recruitment. Probably something you didn't ex anticipate either, Alyssa. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Paul, um, what made Methodist Lebano decide to look at hiring international med techs? Um, well, uh, obviously, we have a difficult time finding local uh, clinical laboratory scientists. Um, we have we have some local schools or a local school. Um, however, we have many, many hospitals, uh, several systems in the area. And we're only graduating, um, if I remember correctly, uh, somewhere between eight and 12 scientists a year. So um, that's difficult to compete with, particularly when, you know, they're not necessarily planning to stay in the area. 
Uh, and I have experience previously with international associates and it was very positive. So, um, you know, in discussions with our senior leadership in the system, uh, that was uh, what kind of pushed us into uh, considering this. And, and it has been a very good process so far. Okay. And I think, Paul, you probably would agree that this is very, very common for most healthcare facilities in the United States right now. Yeah, I would absolutely. Um, I think very much across the entire country, uh, there is a shortage of clinical laboratory scientists, and um, it is very difficult to compete uh, for really good med techs. Yeah. And that really is a problem in the United States, but also an opportunity for international med techs who want to come to the United States like Ali. Ali, did you always want to come to the United States? Um, I would say at first, uh, when I first graduated as a medical laboratory scientist, I did not really have any plans in migrating in the United States. Uh, but then as time passes by, uh, I've been um, aware of the opportunities of um, a medical technologist here in the United States. And um, I would say that compared to any other countries, um, indeed the United States uh, opens the doors uh, to its uh, medical laboratory scientists, not only inside the four corners of the laboratory, but also outside um, what is happening in the laboratory. What is good in the United States is that it offers a lot of opportunities for medical technologists. Here, medtechs can practice beyond their profession. Uh, some can become directors, some can become sales associates, some would um, uh, work in the crime scene and all of those things. Uh, so the opportunity is limitless here in the United States when it comes to our profession as medical laboratory scientists. Lots and lots of opportunity. So now is the time to become to come to America if that's something that you've been considering. And um, I see that um, we also have Don Don Hudson joining us. Hi, Don. Welcome. Oh. <laughs> Don, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Absolutely. I'm Don Hudson, and I am the Chief Talent Officer for Methodist Bonner Healthcare. And, uh, you know, we are an uh, amazing uh, organization here in Memphis, Tennessee, and our role is to serve our community, and, and we do that through great health care, but also um, just really caring about the people that, that come here, and, and that's our associates. You know, we can't treat our patients any better than we treat each other, so our organizational culture is really important to us, and, and it will be to you, too, right? It's not just what you do in life, but it's who you do it with that matters most, and and so we try to be a great place to work, and we are recognized as a great place to work, and then we try to serve our community uh, by being at our best so we can uh, help them be better, too. Thank you, Don. And we love Methodist Labana. We have placed hundreds of nurses at the, the facility um, and many med techs as well. Um, so really an awesome place to work. And if anyone is interested in Methodist Labana, please check out the showcase that we did on Methodist Labana. We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show. If we move forward now, Elissa, and start talking about 
the process of coming to the United States. Obviously, there are the immigration requirements, there are the occupational um, uh, requirements, and and then there's the institutional requirements. So if we talk about the success path of coming to the United States, Alyssa, do you want to talk us through just how does a medtech know if they are eligible? Um, those first few steps on that success path that need to be taken in order to come and live and work in the United States. Right. So step one, it's it's referring to the ASCP, um, and this is the American Society for Clinical Pathology. This is really the first step: is passing the appropriate exam. So usually it's the medical laboratory scientist examination through this organization. Uh, We mentioned earlier about histotechnologists. They have a slightly different um, exam um, to take through the ASCP. So that's the very first step. And the ASCP has their own eligibility criteria and all of that can be found on their website. Um, The next step is Um, passing an English proficiency exam. And so this is the same exams that the nurses take as well and other healthcare professionals. Um, They're the main um, two things to be doing. Um, And as well as that, there are some occupational, um, excuse me, some institutional requirements. And all of these can be done at the same time. You know, while you're working, you you learn them, you learn on the job and you're revising for the exam and you have colleagues around you to support that and to speak English to as well to practice with the proficiency um, exam. And those two are the key elements for obtaining the visa screen certificate. Um, and this is really, this forms the foundation or the base of being able to come here in the USA. And then of course, the institutions have their own um, minimum and different criteria depending on the laboratory or the department within the lab, the bench. Yeah. Thank you, Elissa. So that gives a really great roadmap of the steps from a licensing, credentialing perspective, the exams that need to be taken by a medtech in order to come and live in the United States. Ali, can you share your journey of going through that process, what it was like for you, the ASCPI Um, or the the English exam, the visa screen? Yeah, um, well, uh, unlike in any other applicants, for my application, um, I had to break it down uh, into several years for financial reasons because uh, I think um, any other medical technologist would agree with me that these requirements are actually expensive. So um, I first started my ASCP examination around 2014. And after that, I really did not have any plan of using my ASCP examination to work in the United States. I simply took that examination for, you know, credential purposes and just to have the experience of, you know, taking the examination because at that time I was a fresh graduate. Now, after two years or so, I took my IELTS examination and that was around 2016. Then after that, still I wasn't um, 100% sure to use my English examination to apply here in the United States. When finally here came uh, 2018, where I decided to take up the visa screen application and pursue a career here in the United States. So uh, 2018 was the time where I really decided myself to apply here in the United States. So I compiled all the requirements as a uh, 
what Ellie mentioned, and uh, applied for a visa screen certification. And once I received my visa screen certification, we took our, which took around three months or so at that time, um, I started applying to different facilities at, until uh, 2019, where um, an employer actually took notice of my application. And they petitioned me uh, until uh, I, arrived, I arrived here in the United States come 2022. So it was really a uh, long journey for me. A long journey, my goodness. So yeah. then Alyssa was saying how it is possible to do it quite quickly, but it, you know, it just depends on your circumstances. And as you mentioned, Ali, it's expensive. It really is expensive to go through that process. Um, one thing just to mention is that as a kinetics med tech, if you're placed through kinetics, if you have passed the ASCPI and you get a job through a kinetics employer, like a Methodist Lebanon, for example, um, kinetics pay for the course for you to do your English exam. This is part of the kinetics care package. It's our way of paying it forward for healthcare workers. Um, and we've seen enormous benefits to healthcare workers of getting that that course paid for uh, because as Ali as you know passing the English exam can be very sometimes more stressful than the ASCPI you're nodding your head right <laughs> okay and um, so it's a long journey to get to that point point Paul when you um, evaluate a med tech from overseas what are you looking for from an education and experience perspective um well you know that's a difficult question um Education and experience, uh, obviously, uh, the techs are well-equipped in that area. They've gotten their certification from the ASCP. Um, I like to see excitement um, I, from a technical perspective. Like I said, it's, it's kind of covered. But from a personal perspective, that's, that's really different. Um, these days, we're looking more for people who can, um, who can work with others. Uh, we want someone who fits in with the team, uh, is a is a is a team player and uh, very personable. Um, because you know you live with these people for at least eight hours a day, sometimes ten, sometimes twelve, depending on that shift. And um, you know it, it really is difficult if there's someone in the bunch that uh, uh, that makes the toxic environment. Um, so we really focus on the teamwork aspect. Um, more so, in my opinion, more so than the technical aspect, because that really has been proven already with their certification. Okay, so that's interesting to hear that perspective, Paul. So it sounds like those um, the the behavioral piece is the part that is really important for you when you interview. Looking at that, you know, is this person a team player? Um, can they use the initiative? Just some of those behaviors. Um, that would make them a good fit for the team. Don, when a, a, a medtech interviews, um, I think, you know, and, and I know we've spoken about this on previous shows as well, um, many facilities use the behavioral-based interviews to be able to evaluate, as Paula said, looking at some of those behaviors of what they want to uh, have in the lab. Can you talk a little bit about the STAR method, the behavioral-based technique that will enable healthcare workers to be able to evaluate if nurse, if nurses, if medtechs meet the right criteria? Uh, absolutely. You know, I think I'd like to start off by echoing what uh, Paul just said. It's not just what you do that matters most. It's who you do it with, right? And so I think about um, jobs that you've had. You can look up your schedule 
and you can see, okay, this is when I'm going to work. But what you really want to know is who you're going to be with that shift, right? Because that determines how good the shift is going to go when everybody's pulling their weight and they communicate well together and they help each other out. And all those things are so important. So that's why it's important that uh, organizations um, have a feeling for how you're going to work with other people. The teamwork that Paul mentioned is so important. And, and so we do behavioral-based interviewing because we know your technical skills are good. We just want to know how you behave in different situations. And the best way to predict how you're going to behave is to know how have you behaved in the past. And so what you want to do is you want to be a superstar when it comes to telling your story. So we, I'm going to use the star model. And what I want to say is you're all stars. You're all very amazing people. You've got incredible talents. Uh, the fact that you're going to come here and be part of a journey to the United States takes so much courage and and I just admire every one of you. You're all stars. Uh, what I want you to be is a superstar when it comes to interviewing. And I'm going to share with you a framework. Sometimes a framework is just a model. It's just a way of thinking. It's a way of framing your answer. And, and I want you to think about how you can use this framework to be really good at behavioral-based interviewing. So you can go ahead and show that graphic one more time. The first thing you want to do, somebody's going to ask you a question. They're going to say, hey, tell me about a time when you had a conflict with a coworker." Uh, they're going to say, tell me about a time when you had to advocate, you had to sort of um, maybe take on a project that uh, you'd never been before. You had to be a lead on something. Uh, tell us about a time when you were frustrated. Uh, how did you manage through that frustration? You know, what conversation did you have with people around you, with your leader? Uh, tell me about a time. And, and they'll just keep what they're asking you to do is tell a story. And the story is going to help them get a sense of how you would handle these different situations. And so when you when you frame your answer, I want you to think of this star model. Star is S-T-A-R. Um, the A disappeared somewhere in here, but the, the S-T is the situation or task. So start your story off and say, well, there's this one time when I had this situation and, and you give get some background on what the situation was like. Give an example. Um, maybe it's a task you were given by a leader or somebody. There's this one time where I was given this task to straighten up or organize uh, a piece of the lab or maybe to get some new equipment or do some research on a new piece of equipment. And then, then tell your story about what you did, your action, your A, right? So the A is, well, what I did is I realized I wasn't going to be able to solve this by myself. So you know, I did some research. I, I called some experts. Uh, I, I visited some other uh, hospitals to see what they did. I I, I asked my coworkers uh, some questions. Uh, you know, talked to my leader. You know, there's a lot of things we don't do anything by ourselves, but we get other people involved. And when you tell your story that way, you know, the people listening will see you as somebody who's good at engaging other people. You're good at proacting, pro being proactive. You're good at planning. And so they're listening to your story and they're already making a lot of assumptions about you because they're seeing kind of how you work and how you do things. And then you always want to make sure you do the last part, which is the R. You want to make sure you're really good at explaining. And the result was we had a successful implementation of this project. We we got the equipment in and we saw our results at the lab go from increased 20 percent or the accuracy increased 20 percent. So be very metric driven, be very clear about specifically how did, did the improve? What improvement did you see because uh, the action? Maybe the relationship with my coworker was better. 
uh, we realized we were having not a conflict with each other. We were just having a conflict with a resource that we we're trying to use. And so and we scheduled cool. that resource a certain way. Yeah. And then we never had that conflict again. And we got even more productive in how we use the resource. So, so again, yeah. use your star story. Yeah, Don, I love that. I really love um, the STAR method. I think it gives um, people who are interviewing, you can be a great med tech, but might not know how to interview. So I think that's really a great tool to be able to learn how to interview. Interviewing is a skill. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Nursing in America. Part two will be available next week. So make sure you hit the follow button and come back to join us then. If you enjoyed the episode, please help us and leave a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses internationally. We offer direct hire, which means healthcare facilities will directly sponsor and hire you to work here in the USA. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. You can find the link in the show notes.